Good morning or good afternoon, respectively. Uh, thank you for joining us uh, today for this exciting webcast. Um, my name is Costa Ligris. I'm an uh, entrepreneur residence at MIT based in Boston. And I uh, would like to just kick, uh, kick things off this afternoon or this morning, depending on where you are. Um, the Hellenic Innovation Network, HIN, has a mission to accelerate technological innovation and entrepreneurship in Greece uh, to fuel the economy and job creation. Uh, as an outgrowth of the MIT Enterprise Forum, uh, Greece, HIN is a US-based nonprofit uh, created with the support of the Consulate General of Greece in Boston to facilitate access to partners and best practices by building bridges between the diaspora and global tech hubs and the Greek tech community. HIN disseminates startup news, broadcasts educational webcasts, like the one today, organizes monthly CEO group meetings, and hosts in-person uh, pitching and network events. It is my great pleasure to hand this over and introduce you to uh, Stratos Eftimiu, our Consul General uh, of Greece, uh, located here in Boston. Thank you. Thank you, Costa. It is a great uh, pleasure to be part of uh, this cross-sector uh, collaboration and leveraging our diasporas, scientific, business, and uh, uh, financial resources. Uh, this is a week of joy from, for the Greek uh, community in Boston. Biogen's uh, CEO, Michael, uh, Michel Gunachos and its president, Stelios Papadopoulos, uh, deserve both our congratulations for the FDA's approval for Biogen's new medicine against Alzheimer's. And we are really uh, proud uh, of today's uh, panel showcasing the successful investments of Pfizer, Orpheum and Bright Solar in uh, Greece. Uh, these examples are indicative of uh, a Greece that is uh, changing. I think there is uh, no one more uh, appropriate than uh, Alex Patelis, the economic advisor uh, to the prime minister, to highlight the economic efforts to make Greece more uh, attractive. Uh, thank you, Mr. Patelis, for being here. And Michael Janes, uh, the floor is yours. Thank you, Strato. Thanks to everyone who joined us and to everyone else who tunes in later. Uh, this is a terrific panel that we managed to assemble. I'm very honored to be uh, moderating and talking to each of you. Uh, the plan is to start with um, uh, Mr. Patelis, who agreed to give us an overview of some of the initiatives that have happened in the recent past uh, by the Mitsotakis government, and in particular focusing on those aspects that relate to setting up shop in Greece. Uh, so I'll turn it over to Alex. Uh, to give us that, and then we'll open it up and have a hopefully lively and productive discussion. Alex. Thank you very much, uh, Michael, and uh, good morning, good evening to everybody joining us today. It's a great honor and pleasure and privilege to be here, and thank you. For, I will agree it's a terrific panel, and thanks to the organizers for putting it all together. So myself, I've, I'm born and raised in Greece. I've lived uh, 11 years in the UK, seven years in the US. I studied in the US. I worked in New York for a period of time, love the US, have been uh, back in Greece. And two years ago, joined the government of Kyriakos Mitsotakis as chief economic advisor. My first job uh, uh, with Greeks and my first job uh, in government, I have to say that it's been an incredible experience. The objective of the government from the beginning is to take uh, what we have in Greece, the natural beauty, it's 26 degrees Celsius, 78 Fahrenheit outside today in this beautiful sunny day. Um, and convert it into a place that everybody wants to do business from and work from. And from the beginning, 
we identified, I would say, two main areas that uh, the, uh, that we worked on. The first one, obviously, was uh, reforms, and the second one was uh, taxation. And on the reform side, the government has been very busy. In uh, just under two years, there have been over 180 bills passed through Parliament. Um, too many to uh, mention. Actually, we have a major ref uh, labor reform bill being voted through uh, next week. Uh, but I would say central to this, very important, uh, is were efforts to, towards digitization. And I have to say this preceded the, um, the pandemic. The, the uh, uh, Prime Minister Mitsotaki set up a ministry for digital reform, the first of its kind in the country, consolidated every, uh, every digital aspect in it. Um, the government has adopted a cloud-first policy um, and managed to uh, attract Microsoft to create three data center regions in the country. Uh, digitization has uh, commenced and has taken over every aspect um, of life, digitizing uh, uh, the government. I should mention, if you see on uh, above my head, top right, Greece 2.0, that's the uh, program that I was privileged to be part of to, in, the, in its design, which basically um, utilizes the 32 billion euro of uh, European Union money that Greece is eligible for and 20 uh, odd percent of that goes to digital efforts, digitizing uh, the justice system, the records, digitizing land registries, uh, digitizing um, um, education, um, helping SMEs, etc. Um, about uh, what is it now? In December, we did our 5G auction, one of the first countries to do so, and used one quarter of the proceeds to um, invest and create an uh, innovative fund that's called Festos, which, will, which is going to be investing in 5G services because we all know 5G is this wonderful technology that nobody knows what it's about. Um, we have projects on uh, fast broadband all across the country, fiber to home, uh, connecting our islands, who wouldn't want to be um, in a Greek island and work out of there. Um, and um, I would say that the, the digital capacity of, of the country um, has been significantly improved and will be uh, continuously improved. Digital, it, you know, affects many aspects of life. For example, we have a project going on to use artificial intelligence um, and big data to uh, better uh, target tax audits in the fight against tax evasion. I'm just giving you one example. So uh, reforms is the one aspect and we're continuing on that. Um, and the second one, of course, is taxation, lowering taxes and making it attractive towards entrepreneurs, but also towards people coming from outside Greece. Um, and there's too many, too many things to talk about here. I would highlight, um, I would highlight uh, we have now a flat tax of 15% on stock options and restricted stock units uh, that goes down to 5% for newly formed governments. We have a new database, Elevate Greece, uh, with the startups in the country. There's an burgeoning um, startup ecosystem. Um, we have incentives for angel investors, tax incentives for angel investors, and also super depreciation allowance for research and development. We've been lowering uh, social security contributions. Uh, we want labor to be more attractive, and we eliminated a, the so-called solidarity income tax surcharge that was levied on higher incomes. Uh, we have a golden visa program for those who want to um, um, uh, get residents in the country uh, on the back of a, of a small investment. We also have a non-DOM program, which is for wealthy um, uh, foreigners who can relocate to Greece and have a flat tax on their global income. Uh, we have a pensioner program too, but obviously this is not for this panel, but just gives you the flavor of, of how we're thinking. 
Um, and, uh, and the uh, most recent uh, scheme that has been very um, um, successful and has lured a lot of people is uh, if you relocate your job uh, to Greece or you're a sole trader and you move your company to Greece, you have half your income tax-free for up to seven years, uh, half your income tax-free for up to seven years. So um, the pandemic obviously was um, a very difficult experience for everybody and one that affected um, the whole world, Greece, of course, too. Uh, but uh, through it, we do believe there are some positives for our country. The main one being that now we all learn that we can uh, we can work, many of us can work um, and pick the location of where we're based. Uh, we think Greece is a super attractive uh, place to be. And uh, as I said before, we have the natural beauty and the government has, the role of a government is to make sure that you have the infrastructure in place uh, to be able to set it up quickly. Uh, oh, sorry, I forgot to mention that we have also had a lot of initiatives through parliaments to simplify licensing procedures. It's now very easy to set up a company in Greece you can pretty much do nearly the whole thing online and in very few days. Um, and uh, licensing procedures have been simplified too. In a lot of businesses, um, the onus of the license has flipped um, and you sort of given your license um, um, unless, and then you, you, unless something dramatic happens, you don't have to prove, uh, prove it anymore. Um, and so uh, this is um, a place that we want to do business. The mentality has changed completely. The government is a very pro-business government. Um, we, uh, we like to talk to people and we like to attract them here. So if anybody from this call, uh, when we're done, is interested in having more information or having a point of contact in Greece, um, I'm your uh, man, so to speak, and please reach out either through the organizers or directly through me and we would be delighted to help. And I will end my comments here, I'm a little bit shorter than expected, but I thought it's better if we do uh, conversations always a little bit more interesting than listening to me speak. Thank you very much, Michael. Uh, over to you. Great, thank you, Alex. Um, that's that's excellent. I have I have to make one quick advertisement for uh, the Hellenic uh, network, and that is our website, Hellenic.org, has a uh, very comprehensive document that describes a lot of what Alex was talking about. So if you'll Go to our website and and register. You go to the resources section, and there's a um, a pretty well put together memorandum by some of the people on the committee here that uh, tries to delineate all of these uh, opportunities and advantages. Um, so I I want to just say one thing from Alex's comments, uh, which is more personal than anything else, and that is he talked about how uh, this government likes to talk and is is open to communications. And I have had a direct uh, experience with that. And I, and I really think it's a positive thing. The fact that um, people can ask questions directly. He's not kidding. If you send him an email, he will reply to the email. And I think that's a very positive step in terms of transparency and also for uh, him and the, the rest of his government to understand what some of the challenges that people face are. So, before I go and introduce everybody, I, I want to take the opportunity and just do a quick lightning round. So a minute each. What of all these things that have happened that Alex was talking about or other things that you know about for each of your companies has had a significant impact on your, Greece, your Greek operations in the last year or two? Let's start with you, Nico from uh, Pfizer. 
Hello, everyone, and thanks uh, a lot, first of all, for your invitation. It's really a pleasure for me being here with all of you. So I'm Nico Gribaldi. I'm the site lead of the Global Center for Digital Innovation of Pfizer. So I would say that for answering uh, to your question, I think that uh, for sure we, we found very good conditions for being here in Greece and for, uh, I would say, setting up our operation, because I would say this is really the results of uh, an in-depth analysis that we did globally for selecting Greece. So I would say that uh, if I have to mention very briefly what are re the reason why we are now here, uh, for sure it's um, they are mainly three or four, I would say. So first of all, uh, I'm always, uh, always really, I would say, positively impressed by the quality of people that we are hiring here in Greece. So this is the first thing. So the digital uh, uh, talent pool that we found, uh, it's really one of the main reasons why we selected to be here in Greece. So this is the first one. And I'm talking both of entry level, because the level of university is really, really good, but also about senior colleagues. So because, as you know, better than me, also the, the tech environment is really good. So this is the first one. The second one, uh, it's for sure the support that we are having, uh, uh, I would say, from the authorities, from the government, because there is a, a digital uh, strategy, I would say, at uh, also at national level that is supporting our work. This is also one of the conditions that uh, supported our choice, but also uh, the support that we are having in foreign investment, because uh, you know better than me, this is also something that, uh, especially for us, because we are uh, identified as a research and development uh, also organization, this is something that uh, we are also benefiting. And also, I would say the ecosystem, because before we were also discussing the, but this, this is really important. So because also the way that we want to make innovation, uh, it's strictly connected with the ecosystem. For us, the ecosystem uh, means for sure institution, the partnership that we can make with institution, but also with the academia. So for human capital objective and also for research objective and also the startup environment, uh, the incubators. So I think that this is the ecosystem that we would like also, and we are already interacting with, and this was also one of the reasons why we selected to be here in Greece. So I think that this is this all these things together in some way made our business case for Pfizer for a hearing in Greece. And also I would say something that it's sometimes it's not so, I would say direct, but also the fact that this is in the center of the world in some way. So you can collaborate with the East and West and considering that this is a global innovation, digital innovation center, this allows us to make projects, colleagues are working globally with colleagues from Asia, from Europe, from US. So these are the reasons why we selected to be here. I don't know if this answers to- That's to perfect. Question. Thank you, Nico, really appreciate that. Uh, Nick Kanopoulos, why don't you tell us what about what Alex and his, his team have done have impacted you in the last couple of years? You're on mute, Alex, uh, Nick. The greatest impact is in the digitization process for um, authentication and and dealing dealing with the, with the system. Uh, we have um, much less overhead in exchanging um, documents both with the government and with the banking system and uh, other companies because we can e-sign the documents through the taxes network, which is. Uh, an IRS authority in Greece, and uh, that that is uh, t takes a lot of overhead out of the out of the system. Um, we expect um, more to be done in order to incorporate the legal system in that, because uh, in Greece, in order to to get payments or deal with um, uh, 
Greek R&D authorities, you have to, to have certain documents coming from the courts, like uh, non-bankruptcy and uh, stuff like that. And right now, these take uh, a, long, a long time to, to issue, like two, three weeks sometimes. Um, the process is in place, I believe, in order to digitize that. And that will be a major step forward in reducing the overhead in doing business, um, uh, first of all, with the government and the other public authorities in, in Greece. Uh, we yes. also have Chris Mahoney here from uh, Orpheum. And again, I'll give each of you a chance to, to present a little more about your company, but I just wanted to try and stay connected to the stuff Alex told us. So uh, Chris, tell us what, uh, if, if anything jumped out at you from what Alex was saying that you have seen have, have a positive impact on Orpheum's presence in Greece. Yes, thank you, Michael. Hello, everyone. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Um, I think there's there's been a few things. Um, well, we've we've been here for six years, and you know we've seen the changes um, happening. I, I think when we when we first got here, there was a general feeling of uh, a little bit of a lack of hope um, in the situation, and I think that's completely turned around. Um, Lately, we've managed to recruit um, many Greeks actually from other countries who have been coming back now um, because now they're, they're excited about uh, the opportunities here. Um, I think, you know, there's also a very strong community and ecosystem here that's been uh, very supportive for us and has helped us um, in, in many different ways. Um, there's a you know, a few venture capital funds. We, we've been working with, with Big Pie. Um, they've been very helpful. And I know that, um, you know, they get support from the EU. And, um, and I'm also here now on, on a uh, long-term visa. So um, that program uh, for me personally has, has gotten me here. Um, so I think, you know, all around, it's, it's, it's really been... Um, I think we've seen the impact from every angle and we do a lot of R&D here as well. So, you know, the R&D incentives have also um, been, been a great help for us. Great, very good. Well, thank you. So now let me turn to a sort of a more formal opportunity for each of you to tell us about your company, about what aspects of your company are in Greece uh, and, um, and why. So I'll start this time with uh, Nick Kanopoulos. Okay, my, I'm Nick Kanobus. I'm the founder and CEO of Bright Solar. Bright Solar is a nanomaterials company developing materials and material deposition methods for uh, glass substrates and applications for in, in agriculture and uh, buildings. Uh, applications that uh, glass that generates energy or glass that uh, saves energy. Uh, Actually, this this time I've done I've done it in reverse. I I used to, to live in the U.S. for 30 years, came back nine years ago at the onset of the financial crisis in Greece, uh, started this company, and then I started the company in the U.S. with, with the same name. So it's uh, it's the reverse, I guess. Um, 
the fact the fact that I'm in the that I'm in Greece is that um, when I was in the States, I had the experience of uh, establishing a major operation here. In fact, uh, I would consider that a pioneering operation because it established the um, uh, technological ecosystem in uh, the region of Patras, uh, where for the first time uh, a US-based company was establishing a product development center for the international market. And this was a high technology product because it was semiconductors and uh, in the forefront of the technology. And uh, out of that, out of that uh, operation, uh, there are now quite a few companies that uh, uh, come from the Atmel, uh, the Atmel experience. Um, Greece has I'll, been- I'll interrupt quickly there, sorry, because I know it's difficult to talk about your own accomplishments, but uh, Nick was a, was a real trailblazer in the uh, tech world in Greece. And, and indeed the, the R&D center he set up for Atmel in Patras has spawned literally decades of technology development in that region. And, and most of the companies that you see in uh, electronics and signal processing and, and anything to do with uh, communications and, and systems like that, um, almost all have roots, people with roots back to the Atmel Design Center. Um, so he uh, really made a difference. I don't know how well it's known. Um, I've known Nick for I don't know, 30 years or something. We met when I was still in high school, but um, he has been a real, a real uh, pioneer for the Greek uh, building of the of the system of the of the tech system, and and that's why I feel like he really has a perspective that not only reflects today's stuff, but he's been through a lot, so he brings what I think is a valuable perspective. So with that, please continue, Nick. Yeah, I, actually, this is a very good. Uh, I mean. For somebody who is, let's say, an American company doesn't have any any other ties other than business criteria in setting up shop in Greece. Uh, Greece is um, just another location that has to be judged purely on uh, on business on a business basis and uh, investment versus uh, benefit uh, trade off. However, for people of Greek descent or people who are Greeks that emigrated for whatever reason abroad, there is also a sentimental factor and a tie back to the old country, which can be, I think, effectively used by the government in order to rearrange the um, uh, model of the economy, because the Greek economy is largely based on... Um, um, non, is not high tech. The, I mean, the high tech contribution to GDP is, uh, is very low. And we know that high tech has uh, probably the best uh, margins in terms of um, economic de development. And uh, if um, companies are attracted and establish uh, successful operations, then an ecosystem can really, can really blossom. And I would like to, I mean, based on what Michael said, I would like to, to share and show you just a slide, if, if you don't mind. This is, uh, this is what happened with, uh, with the old experience, okay? Uh, I founded a startup company in the US called Digital Communication Technologies. Uh, that company was bought by Atmel, which was a, a 
mid-size um, couple billion dollar company in, um, in the Bay Area. We established the R&D center in Greece, actually product development center in Greece and had uh, 230 engineers in Patras developing integrated circuits. Now, out of the Atmel and the experience an international company gave to people coming out of the university or having, let's say, a little bit of experience or people that we attracted from abroad, all these companies were formed. So Atmel created uh, the CEOs and founders for all these companies. And um, some of these companies, for example, Think Silicon, these guys used to work for me, were bought by Applied Materials, which was my last employer in the, in the US. Uh, Econis was uh, merged with the company and found Yodivo, which is from the, out of Sweden. Uh, Dialog and Renaissance, again, in the, in the semiconductor business and uh, U-Blocks. So uh, basically, you can, you can start a, a successful operation and after a while, you have an ecosystem. And of course, uh, if many of those happen, then a whole economy can happen that will deliver a higher margin for, uh, for the companies, for the operations, and contribute more and more to the country's GDP. And of course, we know that the most yeah. successful countries in the world are not based on uh, uh, cultivating agricultural products or being you know, purely touristic countries. Yeah, I, I, do, think, I do think the current uh, environment in Greece reflects that more than it did in the past. I mean, there's definitely a bigger focus on on that sort of thing. Absolutely. Um, I'd like to turn it to um, uh, Chris to tell us about Orpheum. I know uh, you're in LA, I believe, and and uh, and Athens primarily. So tell us about your operations and uh, you know what what goes on in Greece and and how that's been going for you guys. So we're a um, <clears throat> music and media uh, rights technology business. So we, we uh, specialize in, in providing software solutions to uh, tracking uh, rights and, and royalties. And um, historically, we've been uh, very much focused on music. Now we're broadening to, you know, uh, general audiovisual content, TV, film, etc. And um, we, our, our operations in Greece started out as <clears throat> exclusively in uh, R&D activities. Um, so we've actually been in Greece uh, since the beginning when we started in, in LA. We, we were four employees initially and two of us were in LA and, and, and two in Greece. And then we kind of, you know, grew together in, in, in both locations. Um, LA became more of a business development and operations hub uh, while Greece was um, where we built all the software. Um, but starting last year, that's actually um, been changing. We've, we've been um, bringing more and more roles uh, to Greece. So um, as of today, uh, about a third of our roles in, in Greece are, are outside of R&D. And by the end of the year, it'll be um, half of the roles will be um, you know, business operations, marketing. Um, and so it's, it's, it's really becoming a, you know, self-sufficient, complete operation. Um, 
and and also more and more decision making is is moving over here uh, as well. Great, thank you. So, Alex, um, you know we have on the on this particular panel different types of companies that have have decided for one reason or another to be located in Greece. Uh, some are R and D centers, um, others are full blown op uh, operations. Um, you know, the benefit to the economy of Greece is different in, the, in those different situations, right? An R&D center generates some amount of, of uh, corporate tax income, presumably, certainly generates jobs, uh, which are important. An actual operation in Greece can, can generate corporate taxes. Is there a priority inside the government as you were thinking about how some of these incentives would, would be um, put in place towards unemployment towards increasing uh, revenue for the government. Um, how do you guys look at that and how do you look at it on a, on a going forward basis? Thank you very much. I guess that the um, easy answer is we want it all. But, um, but uh, on a more serious note, um, we believe the role of the government is to remove obstacles to investment and to create um, the infrastructure, as I mentioned before, um, and the right tax system and then let the market figure it out. And each business, um, either those represented in this panel or others, um, has its own merits. I'll give you an example. When Microsoft decided to build three data centers in Greece, that was not going to create a lot of jobs in the construction phase, but it would obviously um, create a lot of jobs indirectly once the data centers are operational and also through the training uh, programs that they run. Um, Orpheum is an incredible uh, story as well. Um, I've met Chris and others um, in the past. Um, here we have um, a company that's taking advantage of the uh, talent, presumably, that Greece has. And I should add here that the talent is kind of an interesting story. I remember I met an uh, executive from a multinational company and they asked me, they wanted to build a factory in Greece, and they said, you know, what's the population on a 30 minute radius, 30 minute drive radius? And I said, what do you mean? He said, well, you know, we need to know what, what is the commute to attract people to move to, to, to work here. I said, you don't need a 30 minute radius. I said, just put an ad and everyone's just gonna relocate to where the job is. And um, the reality is that we have a hidden, uh, a hidden uh, let's say weapon, which is of course the 500,000 Greeks that left during the crisis and the 5 million Greeks around the world of various um, uh, Greek descent. And um, so a company uh, like Orpheum that operates in Greece uh, has access to that talent. I, I would argue, well, I don't wanna put words in people's mouth, but Pfizer had a similar experience. As you know, Pfizer started with a digital hub in Thessaloniki and um, if I'm not mistaken, got over 30% of its uh, CVs, resumes coming from outside Greece and ended up Doubling, doubling the size of the hub and now is planning to do a services hub as well in Thessaloniki. And of course, um, and of course, bright solar, you know, solar investment is another thing that we need simply because we have to um, achieve our climate uh, change objectives. And we as a government have a green priority too, which obviously is not the focus of this panel, but um, exists as well. So in response to your question, we don't see our job as 
trying to attract a particular type of investment. And um, let me give an example. I would never have thought that, you know, Orpheum would be some I mean, music rights management. I have no idea what it is. And I don't have to understand it. So, uh, but, but, but the, um, the advantages are there. And what we need to make sure is that there aren't obstacles uh, for people who wanted to take advantage of what Greece has to offer. Thank you very much. Thank you, Alex. Um, Nico, you touched on this in your in your uh, opening uh, comments, and that was that uh, Pfizer went through some uh, due diligence, some some searching as to whether Greece was the right place to to do what you ended up doing. Um, I would imagine, and actually got a question on the chat already about uh, other companies wanting to know how to. Um, make the business case. You know what? What is it that they should be thinking about? Um, and this may be something, Alex, for the government as well. You know, some sort of of uh, roadmap of the kinds of things that that are easier to do in Greece um, nowadays. But tell us a little bit more, Nico, about your diligence process and what you went through. You know, for someone at a company who might be thinking about uh, doing what you did in Greece and the kinds of things they should question, the kinds of things you ask yourselves and the kinds of answers and where you found the answers. Yeah, thank you, thank you for your question. I would say the business case uh, in some way was uh, based on the comment that I made the, at the beginning of my speech. So I would say, considering that uh, this center for digital innovation, it's really devoted, uh, I would say, to, to innovation. So as you may know, Pfizer a couple of years ago, especially, started to accelerate the process for digitalization uh, in general for all of our uh, operation internally, but also for uh, supporting especially patients uh, outside and all of our stakeholders. So, and uh, the business case was really, we should find, uh, I would say place, uh, first of all, uh, where we could find uh, the right talents. So I think that this is really the first thing that we took into consideration because really uh, for now, I think we are now more than 250 and we made this in, uh, 12 months with the button, with, with the pandemic. So I think that uh, uh, for sure the, it's proved that the business case was right because hiring all these kind of people with these capabilities uh, that are also, I would say, cutting, cutting edge, uh, it's not easy. But we found uh, 250 of them for our uh, for our uh, for our company. So this is the first piece that we put into consideration. Then for sure, uh, I would say the other idea was also making innovation, making innovation in collaboration uh, with our stakeholders. So this was also the other part that we put into our decision. And also, as you, also other colleagues here are commenting, the, the government is supporting our work. So the, 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 I would say academia, the universities, it's especially in Thessaloniki, we have five big universities, the biggest in Southeast Europe. So this is also something that we took into consideration, but not only for talents, as I said before, but also for making some research. So this was also what we took uh, for sure into consideration. For sure, also, I would say, when when you start to work with an ecosystem, it's also important that uh, this ecosystem is supported also from the institutions. So, for example, uh, the agreement that there was among uh, Greece and the US uh, some time ago, I would say on summertime, when Mike Pompeo came also here uh, in Thessaloniki, it's 
it's really important for us because it's supporting our strategy. So the connection that we are having uh, with these companies and the ecosystem, it's really something that is supporting our work. So I think that uh, this uh, was the business case that uh, we made also taking into consideration the digital strategy. So this is also something that uh, the government is implementing and it is supporting us. So these were all the factors that we took into consideration together for sure also with the support uh, from an investment uh, perspectives uh, from a I would say for research and development. These were all the things that we took into consideration. As I said, the, the results that I can share with you is that we are really doing great. So this is also the reason why Alex commented that now we decided also to expand invest, investment also with a, another type of hub, uh, more the, I would say about the shared services internally. And there had to have been some things that didn't go perfectly. So what are what are some examples of, uh, of challenges you faced, um, risks that you didn't expect, you know, anything that might be uh, not quite as good as you had hoped. Uh, no, really, I have to say that we didn't didn't have challenge. I would say the the thing that uh, I would have I would have liked to host, uh, I would say the people that hired more in our office. So I think, but this is common to everyone in the world. So we cannot uh, host due to, to the pandemic. But for the rest, right. really, uh, not because I'm here, not because I'm here with you. After, what can we say? 250 people in 12 months, uh, and we are all happy. Also in the global organization of the quality of these talents, uh, yeah. we have a very nice temporary site and now we are moving to the permanent one. I think that until now it was really, really good. I have yeah. to say. Great. Well, that's good news. Um, I wanted to ask a little bit about remote work for people. So, uh, you know, generally speaking, I think this is really without question. I don't think it's, it's without question changed the nature of, of uh, working for everybody. And, you know, to many, uh, in many regards, it, seems like it should be a benefit for Greece because people can be in Greece and remotely work either for a Greek company or a, a foreign country, uh, company. But it also introduces the option for Greeks to remotely work for foreign companies. Um, and so we want to be sure that the incentives of working uh, for a local company are competitive from an employee perspective. Um, and whether that's taxation or legal issues or you know whatever infrastructure is necessary, we want it to be competitive so that a Greek company has as much chance of landing a really high-end um, person located in Greece, whether they're Greek or foreign, um, and uh, versus say you know a multinational company that's willing to let someone remotely work in Greece. So, is that something that any of you have thought about and encountered? Nick Kanopoulos, have you seen any of that being a challenge? You're on mute. Actually, this doesn't apply to, uh, in our uh, in our case because uh, we cannot really work uh, remotely since our work is materials, lab, machines, and essentially hardware. I mean, uh, a research center that is based on um, either software development or any, any any type of, of service that it's platform based, it can uh, really remote work is entirely yeah. feasible. And by the way, you're bringing a very a very good point here because uh, there are some Greeks now, and I think that uh, this will expand as remote work becomes more uh, more mainstream for Greeks. 
seeking employment uh, with foreign companies uh, abroad. And uh, that can also create some uh, problems that will need to be addressed by the government because uh, the person, especially if the company is European, can choose uh, the tax um, residency anywhere they want in, in uh, Europe. Uh, however, in our case, uh, we have to be physically uh, present yeah. and uh, do the work uh, there. One thing that I have to, to mention for, especially for our friends from based in the US, for locating here a company that uh, like, for example, Pfizer that is doing digitalization and software-based based work is that one very fundamental and critical thing that this government achieved with the United States is to remove Greece from the list of countries where American companies prohibited to invest in because of IP piracy, software piracy. This government achieved to do that. And now US companies are not really prohibited by the US government to invest in Greece because of that hurdle. That's great. So that, that's a major yeah. achievement of the government. And I think it opens, uh, I, I mean, Microsoft wouldn't happen if, if that thing was not happened before. So um, uh, for US-based companies, that's, that's very basic, so. So Chris, uh, so Orpheum, I think is, is a, a pretty classic example of, you know, you have not a classic example, but a nice uh, uh, scenario where you have US operations and Greek operations. And so we can really see through this scenario, the, the contrast between these two things. So the employees in Greece are Greeks, they pay Greek taxes, they have Greek benefits. The employees in the US are, are probably mostly you know, US taxpayers. What are, what are the differences that you see? How do you treat these groups differently? Do they get compensated differently because cost of living is different? Do they have different uh, benefit structures? Um, is the hiring uh, a different process? Is there a contrast between these two or is the, the world really flat when it comes to that sort of thing? It's a, it's a good question. Um, there, there are some differences in, in, in different um, facets. Uh, well, first of all, when we, when we started here, um, <clears throat> just given that we, we had a completely different type of operation happening here, it was all software engineers. It, it was, you know, uh, it's a different culture from, you know, the, the business development operations, um, um, you know, type of, of activities. Uh, although now that that is changing, I think, I think culturally it's, it's harmonizing more um, because the office is now, you know, much, much more multidimensional. Um, you know, there are some differences in, in how uh, payroll is handled. Um, you know, there, there, there's a difference in the cost of living between Los Angeles and Greece. So, um, you know, pay, pay is different, um, yep. you know, based on that. Although those differences tend to um, diminish uh, uh, for, for higher level positions. And I think part of that is because, you know, people do have the option to work remotely um, for, for other companies and, you know, for, for you know, top level decision makers, um, you know, I think, I think the pay is, is, is a lot more 
um, even because of that. Um, you know, there's there's differences in, in some uh, benefits to, you know, healthcare systems completely different in the US um, than, than in Greece. So, um, you know, we, we have to provide uh, healthcare as a company in the US. It's not, it's not taken care of um, by the state as it is here. Um, but otherwise, oh, and the other thing we had to get used to at first, more from an accounting standpoint, was the 14-month uh, uh, payroll cycle. <laughs> yeah, right. we've, we've had a few cases where, um, you know, we forgot to take that into consideration in, in some forecasts and things. But, uh, you know, it's, we're, we're used to it now. That's a Greek institution. You can't, you can't touch that. So. <laughs> um, Great. Well, you thank know, you, Chris. Yeah. Continue, please, if you have more. I was just going to say there, you know, there, there's been, uh, my understanding, some recent um, changes with, with respect to the law surrounding stock options. And, yeah. you know, our, our policy is, uh, you know, to, to really try to treat everybody, um, you know, as evenly as, as possible. So we, we do have stock option plans for everybody. And I'm glad to hear that, you know, that there have been, um, uh, progressive changes uh, on, on that front as well. Uh, can I um, can I interrupt here and uh, yeah, sure. Go ahead, add Nick. something to the discussion? Uh, one thing that is uh, very beneficial for um, uh, for let's say stock owners in, in Greece is that the dividend tax is very low. It's five percent. Mm -hmm. It's not regular income as it's in the U.S. Mm -hmm. So uh, if you give your people stock options and uh, they wait to exercise those until they need money or leave the company, it's, it's of course one thing. And uh, there's also a, a capital gains tax here that is higher than, than the dividend tax. But if they exercise the options when the options mature and they hold stock, then one way to pay the employees is uh, by paying out the dividend to those holding stock options because that that's where, for example, instead of giving a bonus where the taxation, stock, stock options. taxation um, is humongous, a dividend, dividend tax is, is low and yeah, Alex? I can't forget, I, for, I can't believe I forgot to mention that. So dividend tax is 5% now and uh, capital gains tax is 15%, but if you hold listed equities and you own less than a half percent of the company, then it's zero. So, uh, and stock options, 15%, restricted stock units, 15%. Um, and uh, that's that really, thank you. That's good. That, that's an indirect way to give bonuses and tax them really low. At a lower rate, yeah, very good, thank you. Um, so I think uh, I wanna move into a slightly different area and that is, uh, Nico talked about the ecosystem and um, sort of a lot, of, and, and Nick Kanopoulos talked about uh, sort of the, the effect of something like Atmel creating the, uh, the ecosystem in that case of companies uh, in Patras that are seeing uh, tremendous opportunity and growth these days. Alex, are you seeing um, from your uh perch on, on, you know, as you see all the various opportunities that are coming to Greece, are there areas, are there sectors that appear to be um, 
gaining more momentum to be something that Greece is considered uh, expert in. Um, you know, there's this uh, belief that, that Israel, for example, is an expert in water technology because they've had to deal with, you know, not having a lot of water for years. So if you ever want anything to do with really high-end water technology, Israel is the place to go. And that took years and years of, of development and companies and investment. Are there areas that you're starting to see in Greece that look like they may be core competencies that Greece as an ecosystem um, is developing? Uh, it could be too early to see something like that. There could be so many things happening, but have you seen anything like that? Do you have any early indications? Um, I, I think you should ask that question to the rest of the panel, but um, I will take your question and answer a slightly different one uh, because it was also on the chat there was a question uh, about Israel and you mentioned Israel too. I mean, we are in contact with Israel and uh, we were there in uh, a year ago, actually during the pandemic. We went uh, twice last year to Israel. Uh, they have obviously a very interesting uh, tech uh, community. Having said that there are differences, Israel was driven primarily uh, by defense. I mean, Israel tech, primarily by defense for obvious reasons. And sure. this yeah. is, oh, yeah. does not have, you know, does not carry over into Greece. But we do have interest, for example, Israeli companies investing in ag tech. I really go back to what I said before. I really don't know. I really am a markets guy. I mean, ag tech, for example, I have no idea what ag tech is. It's agricultural technology. And obviously a huge opportunity in Greece. Um, yeah, so it's, it's there, there's many, many different um, stuff that, um, that is going on. There was another question too, similarly, hold on, uh, where can I find it here? That said, um, yeah, AI. Um, yeah. I, th I think AI could, could be an interesting one. Yeah. Um, we've also tried to push the idea of Greece being the uh, cradle of democracy, um, that, that issues such as ethics and uh, technology should could be discussed in Greece. And oh, I love that. That's a great idea. Yeah, that's a wonderful idea. Yeah. Um, and then the other question, you know, Brexit. Brexit is a huge opportunity for. Uh, there was a question uh, by by someone in the Q and A. Um, obviously, not directly related to the United States, but Brexit is interesting simply because, whereas before, I think there was this view that uh, companies would pick a city to relocate to out of London, they would move to Frankfurt or whatever. Now I think the view is that they'll just do a little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit somewhere else. Um, and Greece does fit into this. And we have had uh, companies come to Greece for that reason. But we, we uh, but, but you have to be careful. You're not allowed to target, this is international, let's say tax law. You cannot say, because you're coming from the UK, I'm going to give you a different tax rate. That would uh, not be allowed under OECD rules. Um, you know, what can Greeks of the diaspora do to help um, spread the word is the obvious. And I would say that everybody understands their own company better than anybody else. <clears throat> so, you know, uh, one of the reasons the Microsoft deal uh, went through was simply that we had excellent uh, representatives in Microsoft Greece who knew how Microsoft um, headquarters operated because, you know, the companies are big and they have you, you, you need to understand what levers to push from the inside. So we would say, try to work through in your own company and 
And uh, we're very happy to do the sell with any of your bosses that you can put us in front to, in front of, sorry. And, um, and obviously for those who have their own companies, I would say, try us out, move to Greece. If you don't want to do it permanently, come for a month, check it out, see how it works, send some people over for an experiment and see what happens. Thank you. Thank you, Alex. So we have about three or four more minutes here. Um, and I think uh, I'd like to ask each of you what your plans are for, for growth in Greece. You know, what are you, what are you expecting um, uh, size-wise as companies to see over the next two or three years? And is there anything from the discussion today that you'd wanna ask Alex to think about uh, that might be impeding any of those decisions? Uh, sorry, Nick Panopoulos, you go first. Two minutes though, Nick, keep it short, thank you. Okay, um, we are a startup company, we have developed our product, validated our product. We are in the process of raising Series A funds at 8.6 million, we have um, secured half of it and we are looking for the rest. Uh, we hope to close soon in order to build a factory. You are gonna build a factory in Patras Right. To build, to, to essentially manufacture our products uh, in a pilot form at 1.3 million square meters per year of solar glass, and then we'll expand from there. So um, it is a truly operational company, uh, not not the product development or R&D center, and uh, it will happen hopefully this year. Great, uh, Chris Mahoney, how are the What's the outlook for Orpheum in, in Greece? I know you talked about expanding roles. Do you, can, would you give us any numbers as how many people you are uh, at now, how many people you would expect? Um, anything you'd be willing to share? So we're currently, we're 246 worldwide of which 132 are in Greece. Um, the others are um, you know, about 40% of our companies in LA. And then we have a, a smaller outpost in uh, Southeast Asia. Um, we're expecting to be at 336 total by the end of the year, of which 213 will be in Greece. So most of our growth this year is actually happening uh, in, in Greece. And then, um, you know, up to this point, we've been really growing organically um, from, you know, just reinvesting profits. We've been, you know, growing 60 to 80 percent year over year and and right now um we're planning to bring in uh, a, a large amount of capital to accelerate our growth um and and uh we think that you know that would put us at you know over 100 percent year over year growth so i guess you know do do the math and you know, two years from now, three years, we could easily be, you know, upwards of a thousand employees. And probably most of that will, will be in Greece. Fantastic. Nico, are you willing to give us any insight on, on Pfizer's plans? Yes, we have, I would say, a long-term plan because I could say, as I said, now we are 250 people in the digital, in the Center for Digital Innovation. The plan for closing this year is 300. So additional 50 people uh, in the, our center. For 2022, I can uh, share that we are going to hire uh, 
also in this year, so I cannot share still the number because we are still in discussion. But I can say to you that uh, we are receiving always more requests from the organization in New York. So because they are realizing that, as I said, that people are really good in the work that they are doing. So the outlook is really positive. And also from a, an investment perspective, consider that next, uh, I would say at the end of this year, uh, September, October, we are going to move to the permanent site that will be really a huge, uh, great place to work uh, here in Thessaloniki. So I think that the outlook is, uh, is really good. Great. Well, thank all of you, Alex. Really appreciate you coming. Uh, Nick, Chris, Nico, I really enjoyed the discussion. I hope we covered most people's thoughts and questions. Um, I'm going to turn it over to Adigoni Maladonov, who's in charge of the MIT Enterprise Forum uh, Greece. She's the direct executive director there. And I think she has some, um, some important announcements to share with everybody in the last few minutes that we have. So thanks, everybody, um, again. Thanks to the organizers and uh, really enjoyed our, our discussion today and hope people found it productive. Adigoni, floor is yours. Hey, thank you, Michael. Good evening to everybody from me too. Thank you all for such an interesting, fascinating discussion. And of course you, Michael, for an excellent job as always. So let me give you a brief, a brief update of this year's Meet of Greece startup competition round. Our 12 finalists were drawn out of the 32 outstanding semi-finals teams competing in three sector tracks, general energy and maritime. I know we say this every year, which is truly remarkable for the mid of competition and the technology entrepreneurship in Greece, but the teams we have worked with these years has been the strongest. We're amazed by their efforts towards entering the market and become successful entrepreneurs. During the acceleration program, with the invaluable assistance of our, of our sponsoring partners, we ran 15 workshops that exponentially increased all teams' value proposition. Following the second round judging, which took place in mid-May, we announced the 12 finalist teams that qualified for the finals. We may say it's an incredibly diverse group of exciting technology startups at various stages in their development cycles and with different goals. You can check out their short pitches on our Meet of Greece site. And now we're on the stage with the finals on Monday, July 5. We'll perform the final judging in a closed session. And on Tuesday, July 6, we'll host the 2021 award ceremony via a live streaming event. So please save the date. Uh, thank you all very much. Please follow us on our social media and keep an eye out for all events that we're planning for the near future. Thank you all. Have a great night. And um, we're waiting to, to have you in our award ceremony. Thank you, Adigoni. Thanks again, everybody. Um, it was a pleasure. Talk to you all later. Thank you, Thank you guys. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.